This is the update for October 2018, with the primary focus on what I learned and what happened. This was a big month in terms of beginnings and endings and change and managing any number of details. The post-its, the 3 by 3 yellow post-its I like, written with a black sharpie, were everywhere on my desk, constantly being rearranged to reprioritize them, constantly creating new ones, not as quickly as I would like, wadding them up and throwing them away, but we're headed in the right direction. So here's what happened. The, one of the biggest ones was my official employment or my official relationship as an employee with Red Hat ended. Another one kind of began, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So in some ways it was a a big deal and that I've been there a number of years. And in another sense, I hadn't really, well, I had not been officially working there for a number of months. So it was more paperwork than it was suddenly not working there. There was also the big change for Red Hat in the sense that IBM made a massive offer to purchase the company, which I don't know all the exact details of the deal or whatever, but I guess it will close sometime in 2019. So that was hugely disruptive to people that thought that Red Hat would just be Red Hat forever. But like a lot of things in life, they don't stay the same forever. There's a great, great podcast and blog post that Tim Hildreth put out just a day or two ago that I highly recommend, and I'll link to it. In it, he talks about the notion of creating versus controlling and offense versus defense. So if you find yourself at Red Hat, I know there's some Red Hat listeners here, or maybe you're in another company that is going through some turbulent, surprising changes. It's a post I recommend reading. I think it can give some perspective and also hope for maybe a better path or better thoughts than you're currently on. I also ended my relationship with my co-working space. I'd had that for two or three years. I've kind of lost track. Um, but it just kind of came down to not being there very much anymore, not doing my best work there, and just freeing it up to try and explore other places. So where's all this leading? What? <laughs> so I so I said goodbye to several things. What did I say hello to? Well, I said hello to a coaching role with Capital One. Capital One is, uh, I think, most known for their credit cards. And they, over the last two or three years, have opened a number of cafes, Capital One cafes, in different cities around the United States. And they recently opened one in Portland, Oregon. If you're in or around Portland, or if there's a cafe in your area, I highly recommend checking them out. They are extremely beautiful spaces, lots of natural light, lots of good energy, um, great places to work, to meet people. And also, if you're interested, meet with a money coach. 
I'll link to what money coaching is in the notes for this episode. You can also go to capitalone.com slash money coaching to learn more about exactly what that is and um, see if that's right for you. So this came about through Aline Gabriel. She was on a previous podcast or three, and um, she's been doing uh, the same role for a while, and one thing led to another, and I would always ask her, hey, will they ever be opening a location in Portland? And they did, and uh, I interviewed for the role, and so that's one of the things that I'm doing. It's a part-time role, so I'm still continuing to do my uh, private coaching business, the other podcast production, and the other things I was already up to. The idea of money coaching at Capital One is focused on three things, getting clarity, removing roadblocks, and then creating a plan. It's built around the notion that money connects to just about all areas of our lives and how might we make our lives or our money better. Sometimes that starts with making our money better. Sometimes that starts with making our lives better. There's a fairly direct interplay between both. And so my role at the cafe in Portland, Oregon, downtown, it's right off of Pioneer Courthouse Square, right across from Nordstrom, right down the street from the Apple Store, is as a money coach. So with this role came a trip to the East Coast for a week, uh, learning completely new systems, being in a, a new corporate environment, which was totally fun to observe a completely different corporate environment after being in one, a different one for so many years. Seeing how, di- seeing how, I mean, I've been in lots of different companies, but this is, it was just, it's just been refreshing to see uh, different ways of approaching things. You see some of the same problems, you see different ones, you see just all kinds of interesting things. As a result of being at this cafe several days a week in Portland, Oregon, which is why I wasn't in my co-working space as much, it also meant getting out of the house. My co-working space is really close. It was 10 minutes away from my house. It meant like a whole different, a major change to my routine. Now I had to, you know, look presentable every day or professional. Uh, getting out of the house and getting downtown is not that big of a deal, but it is kind of a challenge from where I live. And so there was figuring out all kinds of new stuff, public transportation, parking, additional costs for all that stuff. And then also the additional time. So for 12 years, I essentially have had no commute. And now I'm commuting roughly 25, 30 minutes each way the days that I go to the cafe downtown. I wasn't sure how I was going to like this. In fact, I was really worried about it. And initially, it did get off to kind of a rocky start of driving and paying a bunch of money for parking and then trying public transportation and not seeing how that was going to work. One of the difficulties is as bike and public transportation friendly as Portland is, the particular light rail station that I live nearby was constructed improperly or incorrectly in that it is completely under 
I want to say understaffed. It doesn't have enough parking spots for all the people that want to park there. So if you get there after 7 a.m., there's nowhere to park. So that created another problem for me, which was, can I ride a bus to get there? And the long story short is, yes, I figured out a way to do it. But initially, it was kind of that sense of like, oh my gosh, what have I signed up for here? And I tried something new, something new for me, which was, I just kept telling myself, I'm going to figure this out. An older version of me would have ruminated, would have worried, would have just kind of gotten all blah about wow, what a hassle this is. It should be a different way. It should be easier. All kinds of, you know, negative, unproductive ways of approaching the situation. And instead with this one, I just kept repeating this mantra. I'd say it out loud to my wife. I just continued to say it, even though I didn't totally believe it. I said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to crack the code on this. Now, deep down inside, I wasn't so sure that I was, But I was determined to keep trying. And you know what? I have figured it out. It turns out that there is a bus in my neighborhood that's four minutes, that it's like a four-minute ride to the rail station. And if I time it exactly right, it's a five-minute walk from my house to the bus stop, get on the bus immediately, ride it three or four more minutes, get to the rail station, wait three or four minutes for the next train to come, And then in 15 minutes or so, I'm downtown right across the street from the cafe. So it's all worked out. But it took digging through the the public transportation website, trying to figure out how the passes worked. None of this was very clear, straightforward to me. But I figured out all the timetables. And anyway, it's turned into a nice routine. And I actually really do love getting out of the house going downtown, and just being in a completely different environment for the day. It's a really positive environment, too. I I don't know how to describe these spaces. The only way I guess I can... Yeah, if there's a Capital One Cafe near you, I would highly encourage you to check it out. Another thing I decided in the month of October was that I'm not going to continue to try to pursue doing Zoom calls. So several months back in the summer, I did two of them. I was on this mission to do them periodically. I said that I was going to do more. And I realized that given my current approach to growing my business, that is not the way I'm going to do it. Now, am I chickening out or giving up on that? No, it's a conscious decision just to say, you know what? I thought that was the path. I played with it a few times. I don't think it's the path for me right now. Maybe it will in the future. It's not right now. I think that's also tied to my sense of of wanting to do what I say that I'm going to do versus do the online entrepreneur thing that's really easy to do, which is to say you're going to do a bunch of stuff and then not do it. A big thing that helped me to stay sane in October and going forward is my continued morning routine. By the way, this is my morning routine. So don't make it, (laughs) don't think that I have like the magic code for your morning routine. I think this is kind of a funny question that you hear on a lot of podcasts, which is, you know, what's your morning routine? Like it's the secret to life. And if you embrace someone else's morning routine, then you'll have the, the perfect morning and rest of your day. I don't think that's true. I think what I found is this is what works for me. 
I would encourage you to figure out what works for you. And I've only gotten here through years of iteration. So here's what it looks like. Cup of coffee. I do 10 minutes of meditation with an app that I just love. It's called it's called the Insight Timer app. Then I write in my five-minute journal. Highly recommend that. And I also read, I have been reading a few short chapters from a Steve Chandler book. I highly recommend these books, especially Time Warrior, which I know I've quoted from a little bit in previous or upcoming episodes, and another one called Wealth Warrior. Now, the warrior notion um, might sound a little too masculine or throw some people off, as well as the word wealth. I promise you that this, especially Wealth Warrior, is not some you know magic tricks to get rich overnight. They're just a lot of two or three page chapters with great questions and insights on the ways that we trip ourselves up and get in our own way and how to go about getting out of our own way so that we can get to the things that are really important to us. In Wealth Warrior, Steve Chandler mentions Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill wrote a fairly well-known book called Think and Grow Rich. Again, the title to some people is going to rub you the wrong way. I read that book, I don't know, two or three years ago. I didn't take everything from it, but I think there were some really good ideas. Anyway, that encouraged me to go back to Napoleon Hill. I picked up a book from the library called The Path to Personal Power. (laughs) Again, if you're not into any of the, the personal development space, some of these titles can sound cheesy or like a Tony Robbins uh, seminar or something. There's actually a lot of good stuff in here. Anyway, the thing that blows my mind about Napoleon Hill is how old this material is. Written in the 30s and 40s. Uh, He died in 1970, I believe. And there's just a wealth of insights, things to consider, and timeless principles. So if you haven't read any Steve Chandler or you haven't read any Napoleon Hill, highly recommend it. And I will say about my my little morning routine here, it goes in different orders. It doesn't always follow the same order. The other thing I, I like to add, and I've been dragging my feet on, I probably need to get a coach to figure this out, <laughs> is exercise. I used to walk religiously every morning, and that's kind of fallen by the wayside as my time has been compressed and as I've just been juggling all these different things. And in juggling all the different things, the the three by three yellow post-its written with a black Sharpie have been everywhere on my desk. This is the sign that I'm barely keeping it together. And I've barely been keeping it together, or I was barely keeping it together for the month of October as there were so many transitions and changes. So I continue to love this method when all circuits are on overload because it makes it super easy to prioritize and super easy to see what's important. And when you've done it, you just wad it up and throw it away and move to the next one or set them aside and go take a break. Some mornings I've also played with this idea of just checking in with myself to say, what do I need in this moment? What do I need to do? Do I need to go for a walk? Go for a walk. Do I need to journal? That's an, actually, that's another thing I've been adding, which has been super powerful. Uh, a couple of 
days I found myself in in just kind of this negative thought loop about the about the future, considering that I'm you know running all over the place right now and doing all these things. I actually have some more trips coming up and just lots going on. And I realized I was just telling myself this whole negative story about how I was, it was inevitable that I was going to get sick and then I wouldn't be able to do these things I needed to do. Anyway, I wrote it all down. It was great. I wrote out all the, all the things that I was telling myself and it was fascinating. Getting back to this notion of the stories that we tell ourselves, like basically I bulleted out the story, you know, I'm running too fast. I'm in all these public places. I'm going to get sick. I always get sick all kinds of stuff. And then I started reading them back. I was hilarious. Especially the one like, I always get sick. I haven't been sick in months, months. So that's, that's not true. And it was just fascinating as I read through these things that I'd written down, the inconsistencies. Then I created another list, which was what can I do to guard against sick, getting sick? Now I could end up getting sick. It might be inevitable. I don't know. But it was really powerful to turn my focus and my energy to just creating as long of a list as I could of all the things that I could do to stay well. Just silly things like wash my hands, eat healthy, uh, walk, drink more water, take vitamins, uh, just any number of different things that I could do. And that was empowering too, because later in the day as I went to make different choices or do different things, that list was kind of in the back of my head. And I said, oh yeah, if I want to put my best foot forward here, do some of those things. In the midst of all this change and all these different things going on, I realized that I was getting really fragmented with the things I was working on, the things I was getting done, and even reading. So one day, I forced myself to, I'm always, in, I'm always in the middle of, I don't know how many different books or different things or different web tabs and whatever. Anyway, so I sat down on the Sunday morning. I said, you know what? You have to read one book for 15 minutes. You can't switch. And it was amazing how difficult it was to sit there and not switch. It wasn't hard to read. It was just hard to not context switch or not follow every single random thought that popped into my mind of, oh, I should check on this. Oh, I wonder about that. Oh, I need to get this done. So I recommend that, especially in times of stress. I've, I've actually, in, these, in this really crazy time, on some days, actually increased the amount of time that I meditate. And even though I don't feel like I have time, it actually calms my mind so that I can be more effective with the limited time that I have. So the two takeaways I would encourage there are, one, really being intentional, conscious, and focused on doing one thing and doing it for a period of time and not switching to something else. And then there was something else, but I can't remember what it is. So (laughs) we'll leave it there. If something in what I shared here today struck you, resonated with you, totally made you mad, I don't know, uh, reach out. Send an email to podcast at johnpolster.com. We can set up a time to talk. Love to talk to you. Love to hear what's going on. Love to see if there's a way I could help. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. 
notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. <laughs>